Praise the name of the Lord, everyone. And so tonight marks the final night of our our series where we have been looking on um, on the proof that one really knows God from First John chapter uh, two, or even from verse three to twenty-nine. The first week, the first test that we look on of the seven tests was keeping God's commandment. First uh, John 2, 3 to 6. And test number 2 was loving one's neighbor. Do we love our neighbor? First uh, John 2, 7 to 11. And number 3 was to remember your spiritual growth. Uh, that's verse 12 to 14 of First John 2. And the fourth test was, do we love the world? First John 2, 15 to 17, do we love the world? And test number five was guarding against Antichrist, our false teacher. Are we guarding against the Antichrists? And that was from First John 2, 18 to 23. And last week, Look on the sixth um, test uh, entitled Does the Gospel Abide in You? And that's first John 2 24 to 27. Does the gospel abide in you? Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. And tonight uh, we're going to be looking on the, the final test. Um, 1 John 2, verse 28 and 29. Do we abide in Christ? Do we abide in Christ? First John 2, reading from verse 28 to 29, just two verses. And now, dear children, from the New Living Translation, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are children, are, are God's children. Praise the name of the Lord. From the King James Version, those of us who are reading from that, and now little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If he know that he is righteous, he know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Praise the name of the Lord. I would uh, that we turn our Bibles also to, to the Gospel of John um, 15. And I'll read a couple of verses from that passage of Scripture. John 15, verse 4, until about verse 6. These are the words of all. Lord Jesus Christ said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can he, except he abide in me. I am the vine, he are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I'll say that again. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, this is Jesus who is speaking. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered. 
and men gathered them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Very promising. Quite a few promises here, but very strong language from our Lord Jesus Christ. Abide in me and I in you. Why? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except he abide in me. Jesus says, I am the vine. He are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. We have a very strong warning. If a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. John continues to encourage the church of the living God. In 1 John chapter 2, 28 to 29, he's encouraging the believers to remain faithful. This test that's before us tonight will prove whether or not we know God. Do we abide in Christ? Do we abide in Christ? Remember, brothers and sisters, that he is the only one that came down from heaven. There's no other witness. Christ is the only one that came down from heaven. A gift to this world. That all those who believe on him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. That's the gift. He came into this world. To reveal to us who God is. And no man can know God except by Jesus Christ. He told us in his words that he is the way to God. He is the truth and he is the very life. No man commit to the Father but by me. Is God manifested in flesh? God made known in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. We can't get around that. Jesus Christ is God made known in flesh. He is righteous. He's sinless. He's the perfect Lamb of God. Full of grace and truth. He's the very nature of God. Right? It's the visible expression of God. 
Christ Jesus. Knew no sin. Perfect. In every area of his life. Heaven testified of him. This is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. Brothers and sisters. When we abide in Christ Jesus. We abide in the very nature of God. We live lives that the Lord desires us to live. We live righteous lives. We do the things that are pleasing to God. The person who abides and lives in Christ is a person who knows God. And flip side is also true. The person who refuses to abide in Christ does not know God. The test tonight is do we abide in Christ? John is going to outline for tonight. Question To all of us, do we abide in Christ? John goes and he tells us the purpose why we should abide in Christ. And also, he ended with the proof of abiding in Christ Jesus. We will attempt tonight to go through all those Let's look on the word abide. What does it mean to abide? The word abide means to dwell, continue, to stay, sojourn, rest in or upon. It is being set and fixed and remaining there, continuing on and on. In a fixed state, condition, or being. Fixed state, continuing on and on. Not today. Take a break tomorrow. Take a break next year. No. Remaining in a fixed state. It is being at home and being permanent and settled. Brothers and sisters, to abide in Christ means to continue and to stay in him. To sojourn and rest in and upon him. To be set and fixed in Christ and to remain in him. To continue. On and on in Christ Jesus. To be at home in Christ. To find our permanent home in him. And to be settled in him. That's what it means to abide in Christ. To have one's focus upon him. Where Christ becomes Uh, The supreme purpose of life. My whole life has everything to do with Christ Jesus. That's the basic idea. Living, dwelling in him. Just words, brothers and sisters, the life that Christ 
gave us as an example why while he was here on earth is the life that we are imitating. We're living that life in him. Because remember when we are crucified with him and the old man is dead and we no longer live but now it's Christ that lives in us. So we do the things that pleases him. When a person abides in Christ, he has the very nature of Christ. He walks like him. Talks like him. His lifestyle and his life is now a reflection of Jesus Christ. His brothers and sisters, abiding in Christ means that a person confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We dealt with this in earlier weeks. And John says, you go there, John, 1 John 4 and 15 to 16. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. God abides in him, and he abides in God. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. 1 John 4, 15 to 16. What? Abiding in Christ means that a person walks and fellowships with Christ. Not an, it's not an occasion. It's a lifestyle. Where the believer walks with him and fellowships with him. First John 2 and verse 6. He that said he abided in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Believer's walk is the same walk as our Lord Jesus Christ. Believer learns now that he does not he trusts in the Lord with all his heart and he does not lean upon his own understanding. But in all his ways he acknowledges him. The Lord will in, in turn direct his path because he's abiding in him. Abiding in Christ means that a person walks in open confession before God. Doesn't live having a secret life. He's not trying to pretend. He walks in open confession before God. Hour by hour, all day long. Opening up his life before God. Because he knows that without God, he's nothing. And he knows that he has no strength of his own. He depends totally upon the sacrifice that Jesus had uh, made on Calvary. He depends on the righteousness of him. So soon as he slips up, Soon as he misses the mark, he openly confesses to God, Lord, I have erred. Forgive me. Wash me. First John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. A believer who abides in Christ continues in the word of Christ and knows the truth. John 8, 31 to 32, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if he continue in my word, then he are my disciples indeed, and he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The believer walks in the word. He continues in the word. He reads the word of the living God, and he knows the truth. Why? Because he spent time in the word. Abiding in Christ means that a person lets the word of God abide in his life. John, 1 John 2 and verse 14, I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and he have overcome the wicked one. Word must live, must dwell in the mind and the heart of the believer. First John 2 and 24, Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, he also shall continue, will abide in the Son and in the Father. Abiding in Christ means that a person experiences the indwelling presence and witness of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost lives in, in a person who abides in Christ. First John 4, 12 to 13. No man had seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. How? Because he had given us of his spirit. Holy Ghost dwells in the believer, the one who abides in him. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Abiding in Christ means that a person has power to live like he should. If he abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, he will and it shall be done unto you. John 15 and verse 7. Abiding in Christ means that a person dwells in love and in unity and fellowship with all other believers. Hello. I'll say that again. A person who is abiding in Christ lives in love and in unity and fellowship with all his brethren. Can't live I can't confess that you're abiding in Christ and hate your brother. First John 4 and 16, and we have known and believe the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. First John 4:20. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. We can say it, but the word of God proves us wrong. If we hate our brother, there's a problem. We're not abiding in him. Abiding in Christ means that a person bears fruit and lives a very fruitful life. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We can look at Galatians 5. 22 to 23. 
which gives us the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, uh, temperance. Against such there is no law. Abiding in Christ means that a person loves others. He lives and walks in love towards others. That is one of the great beauty of the church. That the world will never be able to comprehend. How the love of God has permeated our hearts and allowed us to love each other. There's no other example like this in the world. The church is the only place that has received such a blessing from the Lord. In this world, there's hatred, covetousness, jealousy. But the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And the believer who dwells in Christ loves one another. The love that he has teaches him not to keep any record of wrongs. Loved. You have some folks that say, oh, last year he did me this. It's a long time I've been watching him. It's about the third time he has done such a thing. It's not the fourth and the fifth. He's always like that. We have a long list of record in our mind. But love does not teach us to, to be like that. Abiding in Christ means that a person continues in the church. Leave the church. First John 2, 19, they went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth, had not seen him, neither known him. Abiding in Christ means that a believer possesses confidence and un a shameless in life that prepares him for eternity. First John 2 and verse 28. And now little children abide in him. That when he shall appear we may have confidence. The believer has that confidence. And not be ashamed before him at his coming. A person who abides in him. Actively surrenders himself. To obey God's commandment. He lives a surrendered life. Jesus has become Lord over his life. First John 3 and 24. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. And he in him. And hereby we know that he abided in us. By the spirit which he had given us. Abiding in Christ means that a person does the will of God. It's an example that the Lord has given to us. He said, I, uh, he, did, he, he, he confessed, brothers and sisters, came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Whatsoever I hear, that's what I speak. First John 2 and verse 17. Believer does the will of God. And the world passeth away. And the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God. Abideth forever. Lastly abiding in Christ means. That a person experiences the continuous presence and anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And he need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it taught you, he shall abide in him. Anointing the Holy Ghost. Those who live in Christ. Those who abide in him. There's a constant flow. Of the anointing of the Lord. I'm not talking about feelings. The anointing. Is constantly. In the believer's life. Hallelujah. The struggles are coming. The trials are coming. Because. Uh, the believer has found a resting place in him. He passes through the trials. And he comes out on the other side. More perfect than he was before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's, there's a, the, the Holy Ghost that's living in him. That's speaking to him. That's encouraging him. That's helping him. That's comforting him. That's the position of the believer. Now brothers and sisters. John tells us now. That there is a reason. There is a purpose. For us to abide. In Christ Jesus. And the church must be aware of this. Uh, that we are not just saying Jesus. Because we are emotional. Or we are just happy. And uh, excited. There's a purpose behind the praise of the church. There's a purpose behind the purpose, the, 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 the lifestyle of believers rather. There's a purpose behind our worship. Why? Because we're confident that he that ascended on high is coming back again. And so John tells the church now, and that you need to abide in him. The purpose is that, that when he returns. Because he's coming back. You may have confidence. And not be ashamed. At Christ's return. Remember brothers and sisters. Uh, John is writing to the church. He's writing to the church and he's telling the church, make sure you abide in Christ Jesus. Because he's coming back. And when he comes, you want to make sure that you have confidence when he appears. Not be ashamed. Not shrink back in shame when he appears. He's coming back, and that's one of the doctrines of the church. That Christ is going to return to earth again. He's coming back to judge the earth. Every man, every woman who has ever lived from Adam until now. Will be judged. Matthew 16 and verse 27. For the son of man shall come in the glory of his father. With his angels. And then he shall reward every man. According to his works. Every individual. John tells us in the book of Revelation. That even the seed. Is going to give up the dead. You have folks who, when they die, they ask for their, their bodies to be cremated. And some of the ashes scattered across the waters or all over the place. God is going to bring back every one of those ashes. And every dead is going to come back to appear before him. In judgment. Matthew 25, 31 and 32. When the son of man shall come in his glory. And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. 
and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. For the father judgeth no man but hath committed all judgment unto the son. Marvel not at this for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. John 5, 22, 28 to 29. And shall come forth and they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. Those who abide in him. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Why? Because if you're not abiding in him, you're abiding under his wrath. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 10. We must all appear, everyone, before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he had done, whether it be good or bad. the name of the Lord. That tells us, brothers and sisters, that we need to prepare for the return of Christ. It's a subject that we, some of us, we don't even like to hear about it. Strange. We talk about Christ. We're excited about church. But when we talk about the return of the Lord, we don't want to meditate upon it. We don't stop to give our mind, ourselves time, or mind time to think about the return of Christ. Two words here. John says. There are two things that happen. Some are going to. Have the confidence. The boldness. Awaiting his appearance. Some when Jesus returned. Brothers and sisters. He's talking to the church. Will shrink back. And are ashamed of his appearing. The task, brothers and sisters, before us as believers is to prepare for his appearing. Those who know God spend time in preparing for the return of the master. How do we do this? John says, by continuing in him, abiding in him. If we have confidence, if we abide in him, we will have confidence and not be ashamed of his return. Where confidence means boldness, assurance. We abide in Christ now and forever. We continue on and on. We will have that boldness and confidence that when Jesus Christ returned to earth, that's the, that's the, 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 the frame of mind that he will find us in. We can't pretend to be bold. We can't pretend to have confidence. When he shows up, it's either we're confident or we're ashamed. Let's 
word ashamed from the Greek means to shrink back. To sense guilt and disgrace. To feel embarrassment. If we do not abide in Christ, we'll be ashamed when Christ returns. As I said, brothers and sisters, John is writing to the church. And John is saying, there's going to be shame, disgrace, and embarrassment when Christ returns. He said, some are going to shrink back in shame. Think about it, brothers and sisters. Uh, the church is the bride of Christ. Let's think about it in the physical realm. A man and a woman are going to get married. And on the day of the wedding, the man is at the front, according to our tradition. Perhaps standing at the altar waiting for the, his wife to march up. And when he sees her coming, the wife, for the first time, get a look on him at that day. And she turns around, hangs her head down, and begins to walk back through the door. Someone got to question the degree of love, or if there's any. Folks who are madly in love. You can't wait to walk down that aisle. To quote unquote. Live happily ever after. That's a lie. Let's be honest. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. John says. We've got to make sure. That we live such a life by abiding in Christ. That when the trumpet of the Lord sounds, brothers and sisters, uh, we, we are not running away. There's, there's going to be such a, a level of joy that those who are waiting, those who are living in him, they're excited to see the master coming. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. The question is, brothers and sisters, if the Lord should put in his appearance now, would you be confident? Would you be ready? Would you be excited? Or are you currently feeling some level of guilt? he comes brothers and sisters there's going to be a judgment of every man work whether they be good or evil truth is brothers and sisters there's going to be joy and then on the flip side there are those that will be ashamed feelings of guilt and disgrace and embarrassment going to shrink back. Why? Because they were walking unfaithfully. They were not abiding in him. He's coming back to judge the secrets of men. By Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, Paul told us, Romans 2 and verse 16. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. That everyone may receive the things done in his body, 
according to that he had done, whether it is good or bad, every man will appear before him. There will be no hiding place. The kings of this world, the judges of this world, lawyers, robbers, thieves, whatever you may call them, every man is going to show up before him. None can hide. Hallelujah. Wonder he told John writing to us is making the emphasis, brothers and sisters, that we abide in him, especially in these times in which we are living in. Second Timothy 4 and verse 1 tells us. Uh, Paul, what he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. The apostles doctrine that we have received from our master, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We live in a time when the church can't even appreciate. I shouldn't say church because the church loves the doctrine of Jesus. John says, "For I mean, Paul writing to Timothy says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't live it. They won't abide in Christ. But after their own loss shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Will pull them out of the net. Hallelujah. The safety is going to pull them out and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That time is here. Watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of that ministry. Paul says. I'm staying in him. I ain't leaving. My brother. I want you to do. The same thing that I'm doing. I'm remaining in him. In times of affliction. In imprisonment. Shipwreck. I'm staying in him. I'm not leaving. Because I'm going to appear before him with confidence, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Paul says, I'm ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Oh, God Almighty. I have fought a good fight. And I've finished my course. And I've kept the faith. I'm staying in him. My God Almighty, hallelujah. I hear the many preachers, those who consider themselves to be wise. And I see folks going after them, having itching ears, departing from the truth. God is truth, brothers and sisters. In him, there is no lie. Departing from God. Revelation of Jesus Christ. Full of grace. And full of truth. Paul said my brother. They're giving him themselves over to itching ears. Hallelujah. Rejecting the doctrine. Hallelujah. My God almighty. Hallelujah. Departing from the truth. But I'm going to stay on course. I'm going to continue on and on and on. Hallelujah. True merit, many toils and snares, afflictions. But I'm continuing on and on. I sense that my time is at hand. My departure is coming. I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. Can't keep it if you don't abide in him. Henceforth, 
There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Those who love is appearing are those who are confident. Those who abide in him are looking for him. They're waiting for his appearance. My God Almighty. That's the position of the church. My God Almighty. Hallelujah. Looking for the appearing of Jesus Christ. My God Almighty. Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm not changing course. I hear many doctrines. My God, doctrines of men, doctrines of devils sound good, but it ain't no truth. I'm staying in the word of the living God. I'm letting the word abide in me. And I mean, live in him and have confidence when he shall appear, brothers and sisters. What's the proof of abiding? John tells us. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. Living a righteous life, we can't fake it, my God Almighty. Those who live a righteous life abide in him. That's the proof. Not what men say. Hallelujah. What they do. Hallelujah. Show me your life and I can tell you if you know Christ Jesus. Show me, my God Almighty, hallelujah, your lifestyle. Let me see you when no man is looking on you. Let me see you when you're all by yourself, my God Almighty. And I can tell you if you know Christ Jesus. Living a righteous life, that's the proof. A person abides in Jesus Christ. He lives like Jesus lives. Hallelujah. That's the supreme and final proof that we know God by living a righteous life. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Matthew 7, 16 and 18. He shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns? You can't get grape there. Or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. It's the word of the living God. In the days when I used to listen to a secular song. One man wrote a song. You can't plant corn and a peas. You plant to reap. It ain't work that way. If you plant corn, you're going to reap corn. If you plant peas, expect to reap peas. If you sow good, reap good. If you sow, my God Almighty, evil, you're going to reap evil. That's what the Lord is saying. You can't expect something different from what you have planted. Matthew 12 and 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. One reason why a person who knows Christ lives a righteous. One reason. He knows that Jesus Christ is the sinless son of God. There's no darkness in him. There's no sin in him. Perfect. The perfect lamb. The heaven testified of his righteousness. That's why, brothers and sisters, we can appear boldly before the throne of God. Because we're depending upon the righteousness of God, not on ours. But we don't have any righteousness to qualify us. It's the righteousness of God that the believer rests upon. Person who truly believes in Jesus Christ lives in righteousness of Christ, abides and dwells in Him. We live, we move, and have our being. 
that person has come to the conclusion in his mind that Christ is all. And so, he cast, I hope we can see that, oh, that picture in our mind, his entire life. Have you seen a, a guy in American football going for a touchdown and he dives across the line for a touchdown? So is it, brothers and sisters. The man who abides in Christ recognizes that Christ is all and just casts himself upon Christ. He let go of everything in this world and say, Christ is all. Touch down upon him. If I'm going to be victorious, it's got to be him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hear what John says. Alas. If he know that he is righteous, he know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. We know, brothers and sisters, that one has received a born-again experience when he lives a righteous life. The believer is now a new creation in him. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Any man who practice righteousness is born of him. Jesus said to Nicodemus, John 3 and 3 to 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, doesn't matter how good your life is, doesn't matter uh, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you need a new birth to abide in Christ Jesus. Told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He can't see it and he can't enter into it, except he be born again. In Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Can't be in him unless you're born again. It's a new creature. All things are passed away. Crucified with him on the cross. Behold, all things are become new. Peter told us, 1 Peter 1 and 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Hallelujah. First John 5 and 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begot loveth him also, that is begotten of him. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. A new birth. We know In a person, an individual do, does what is right, lives a righteous life. He's not living it on his own. He's living such a righteous life because he's born again. He's a new bird. He's now a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's now elevated where he's a part of this royal family. Not an enemy of the cross anymore. 
He becomes a legal child of God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you know what he, if you know that he is righteous, we know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Praise the name of the Lord, everyone. I believe we have come to the end of our, our lesson tonight. Thus, are we abiding, rather, in him? We live in him. Continue on and on. Not segments of our life. But to dwell in him. It was Paul, brothers and sisters, who used the same word. In Acts 27, 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers. While they were on that ship and met that storm. He said, except these abide in the ship. Means stay on board. You cannot be saved. Likewise, when we recognize those of us who have read that story before, you can read it in the 27th chapter of Acts. And result for all those who obeyed the word of Paul, not one of them lost their life. So is it also true, brothers and sisters, Except we abide in Christ, we cannot be saved. There's no salvation out of Christ, outside of Christ Jesus. Except we live in him. Except we remain in him. Except Jesus becomes our lifestyle. The example that he set here while he was here on earth. His words living in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then brothers and sisters. We cannot be saved. Except. We abide. In him. If we are ashamed of him. When he comes. He'll be ashamed of us. We reject him. He'll reject us. But such love have we received from him. That we should be called. The sons of God. What a status we have as children of God. We who were. Enemies. Have now. Been elevated to the position of sons. Brothers and sisters, let's understand. Question may be asked. Abiding in him, living in him. Throughout life, sometimes you miss the mark. But those who abide in him, you have an understanding, you miss the mark. Your sin. We confess quickly. Because if you're in the light. As soon as you slip up. The brilliance of that light. Is shining so brightly. That it shines. On areas of your life. That needs attention. And the Holy Ghost. Which is the teacher. Is bringing conviction to your, your spirit. Because you live in him. And you're righteous like he is righteous. The Holy Ghost convicts. You don't procrastinate. You confess. Let it out. We ask for his forgiveness. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. From all unrighteousness. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's.
unmutable microphones. Somebody had a question. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are there any questions? No question, but thank you, Pastor, for this teaching. It's really opening my heart and my eyes. God bless you and your family. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you. To God be the glory. And somebody asked me to clarify what it means. Living happily ever after. Get married. Just for your understanding what I meant is that every marriage comes with challenges and disappointments at times. But disappointments, not disappointments that love can't handle. And so uh, the idea that we get in these fairy tales about living happily ever after, no disagreements, no disappointments, it's false. We will have challenges. Even our, our, our brother Abraham and Sarah had challenges here. But love dealt with it. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, God bless you, everyone. I hope that not only for tonight, but for the last seven weeks, what we have been going through, that we examine it carefully, brothers and sisters. We're not here just trying to pass on information, but we want these words to change us change us we want these words to change us and uh, let's let's review them again let's review them let's go back online and listen to some of these messages we can find them on our website and let's uh, let's put them into practice praise the name of the lord jesus